Elevate Flycasting. I'm your host, Austin Orr. Together, we'll explore the world through the lens of fly fishing. We'll interview guides and top anglers about their local waters, the fish that live there, and the skills it takes to catch them. But I am not getting these fish to eat. I can get them to move some, but I cannot hardly get these fish to eat. Hey guys, welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, February 2nd, and today we are going to be interviewing Jordan Wells about his experience as a beginner angler and what kind of got him into the sport and how he has managed to take that and continue to grow as an angler and what made him really decide that fly fishing was for him rather than kind of a sport he was struggling with for a little while. It's got some great stories. There's some fish involved, so you're going to want to stick around. Hey, Jordan. So we are talking today about your journey as a fly angler, and we have an opportunity here to talk about some of the ins and outs and who's it's and what's it's and stuff. So take it away. Gotcha. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, so my introduction to fly fishing started way back when I was a kid as just my general introduction to fishing um, at the conventional level. And it started with father and grandfather taking me to the local pond and out to the rivers and different ecosystems that we have. And it was really um, chasing food type of fishing, lots of drop lines and trot lines and setting as many hooks as we can and coming back and checking and bringing home food. We didn't early on in my life do a lot of bait casting or anything like that. As I grew up a little bit, got into, you know, bait casting or fishing with live bait, rod and reel type just all the things went from daddy's little helper in the boat sure baiting hooks to holding a rod in my hand and all that kind of stuff and then in my adult life some friends introduced me to fly fishing and almost you know hindsight very fortunate circumstances but almost a forced type relationship where i was doing fly fishing as a way to cultivate a friendship and friend groups that were kind of chosen for me. Right. Which, um, you know, it feels funny to say it that way because hindsight, how fortunate am I to have the, the, the group of fly anglers holding my hand and kind of ushering me along as it would be. So I, I walked into fly fishing with some very advanced friends that are trying to teach me the ropes letting me do my own very personal I've got to figure it out the hard way type of personality where I'm flinging things around and messing around with things and breaking my brand new first TFO rod on a fishing trip by because I'm casting poor well you're not alone there you know right so so that is the the baseline of my introduction to fly fishing and it's still very rough still very rugged and fumbly and find my own way sure well it sounds like you had some good mentors was there a moment where you said to yourself hey this fly fishing thing this is something that i want to actually pursue or or has it been more a journey of committee for you and by that what i, what I mean there is 
are you doing it just to stay with the group or or is it something that you really took up the torch and you're really trying to learn for you now? Right. So I was with the committee for a mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. and I can tell you a very brief story of a turning point where, you know, fly fishing essentially clicked for me. Yeah. And, and my own personal passion kind of got lit from this scenario. So I'm tagging along committee style with a friend on a trip and we're chasing bonefish. And as it goes, challenging conditions, I'm not the most skillful. So I'm having to pick my battles, losing a lot of battles, but eventually catch my first bonefish through guidance and basically handholding. But Big success, feels good, great fight, all the wonderful things that comes with catching a bonefish for anybody out there that's ever done it. But that is not the moment, right? Catching that first bonefish is not the aha, fly fishing is for me moment. Hmm. The moment comes later on in the trip when we're sitting around the dinner table. You know, my buddy's got all his fly tying equipment out and I've tied a few flies and I enjoy that side of it. And I enjoyed the learning about the different materials and the way they act in the water and learning about the critters in the ecosystem that we're trying to imitate. And just, I, I love the immersive side of fly tying as well. And yeah. uh, at the yeah. dinner table one night, we're playing with different patterns and my buddy cuts me loose and he says, just be creative, use the knowledge that you've gained and tie a pattern or something and we'll take it, take it out tomorrow. And so that's what we do. I tie a very rough fly pattern. I'm not a professional. My buddy comes over, has a little laugh, and said, you almost tied a whatever. You know, he, he knows the names of all the different patterns and all the things. And I thought, oh, that's cool. And he says, yep, well, that'll fish. So I tied maybe two or three of them, put them in my box, and took it out for the next day. And we're wandering across this very long flat. And the patterns that had previously worked for us or at least caused the fish to react did not work for us this day we're throwing at fish and just getting the middle fin so as we progress down the flat i finally decide to tie my fly on my friend is not with me holding my hand he is out chasing some permit that he saw and i sneak up on this school of bones present my fly and get hooked up to now my second bone, but really truly the first bone where I am by myself, walking the flat, nobody's holding my hand. I'm throwing a fly that I tied and, you know, hooked up, good fight, decent sized fish, get to yell at my buddy who's across the flat. And, you know, of course he comes running over in time for me to land the fish and we take some pictures and it's a good thing. But that is the moment where by myself, doing it my way with a fly that I tied, I thought, you know, this fly fishing thing's all right. It kind of clicked for me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So, so a lot of people are going to be really jealous because what they're hearing right now is that your first fly caught fish was a bonefish. Is that true? Or did you have opportunities to catch other fish first? No, no, no. So we live here in the central Texas area and we've got a lot of nice creek systems and lakes and stuff like that and i have stomped around many creeks and caught a bunch of our smallmouth and guadalupe bass and yeah all the different sunfish and just a lot of the a lot of the easy picking type 
the stuff you bring your four-year-old out to throw at, that's that's what I've got my feet wet fly fishing-wise. Hey, man, that's traditional right there. That's about as traditional as you get. Catching bluegill on fly, right. I mean, that's how many folks get started, so that makes sense. All right. So that bonefish trip sounds like it was a, a real turning point for you. Have you been able to take that moment of individualism and expand on it? Have you gotten to do some more things by yourself that have really continued to pique your interest? Yeah. So the first, I am out in the wilderness by myself on my own adventure with a fly rod was during a road trip that I took with my wife. It was early summer of 2022. And we did a great big road trip through the southwest. And I fished a few different places in Utah, a lot in California through the Sierras. And was chasing trout and and learning what turned out to be a very different style of fishing compared to stomping around the creeks in central Texas. Now, what I thought was going to be similar, right, turned out to not be. And it was a very fun, very coming into my own as a fly angler type of thing. Now, if you go and you ask my friends about how I came out on the other side of that, they may have very nice things to say about my casting and all the terrible things I did to it, learning how to fish for trout on my own. But I, I had success, and I had a, had a really good time doing it. Well, look, what we're, what we're striving for is not perfection, right? It's proficiency. What you're saying, what I'm hearing you say is that even though you weren't perfect with your casting or with your knowledge or any of that, you were still able to be proficient enough to find success. That is correct. Yeah. 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 So tell us a little bit. I mean, you just named off some of the most well-known fly fishing destinations in the U.S. Tell us about one area in particular that that really just encapsulated the whole thing for you. Mm, Okay. I had fished lots and lots of small creek type, small water stuff caught tons and tons of little trout and a handful of pretty good sized trout you know 14 inch ish trout but a lot of those you know six to eight inch trout anyhow did all a lot of small water stuff well at one point of this trip i get into essentially what i'm going to call a big water it's a, a river system not a creek system and beautiful clear water rocky bottoms sight casting opportunities aplenty but i am not getting these fish to eat i can get them to move some but i cannot hardly get these fish to eat so it is just a really big challenge right off the bat and it kind of culminates into this one interaction with one particular large brown trout and as i'm walking the bank i can see him he's up in the skinny water and i kind of creep up hands and knees style behind a big rock where i can peek over the rock and see him there kind of hanging out, move around. He's he's patrolling a small area of water. He's not just sitting still. He's moving around a little bit. So I get my first fly tied on. The first shot I clip off and I decide to try, you know, a fresh fly, different pattern. This is a pretty good sized fish. So I'm going to put something new on there and throw it at him. And I'm using like a bow and arrow style, just flick the fly over there and then letting it drift down into him a little bit. I get him to move on the first presentation, but he doesn't eat. He kind of just sniffs it and casually goes back down to work in his little pattern. And so I said, okay, all right, you want something else? 
immediately tie on another fly, throw something else at them. And the condensed version of this story is I threw nine fly patterns at one fish and finally get him to eat and set the hook and he just runs right out into the middle of this big water and wraps me around a rock, a stick, something, breaks me off. Oh, man. Runs off into the sunset. But how much fun was it to just sit there and interact with this fish and have him, you know, give me a sniff, come up, maybe even sometimes mouth open, look like he's going to eat, but he's just so lazy and lethargic about it. So, but he's interacting with me. And and um, so, anyway fun learning experience that's uh that's that's one of the that's one of the things that's really special about sight casting in general is that feeling of interaction and that's what for sure that's what keeps me hooked and coming back to it but you know anytime you can use stealth get close to a fish like that and then put your skills to the test that's that's a very special moment so it sounds like you've had these experiences you've been able to travel around, see a good chunk of the West. You've been able to fish for bones. What's next? You know, where where do you want to go? Or are there any particular fish species that you really want to catch? <laughs> really, my next goal is to branch out here locally and to go back down to the Texas coast and kind of get my feet wet there. Nice. I still haven't caught any of our local species down there on fly. Nice. I yeah. can't tell you how many redfish and sickle trout can't tell you how many of those fish i've caught but i haven't done it on fly yet so i think that's the next progression and the next goal of mine i don't have any any big go to mexico or anything like that sure i mean a lot of people pay a lot of money to come to texas to fish for our redfish here so it makes good sense to me you know that's where i cut my teeth on the in the saltwater scene was on the texas coast and yeah that, that taught me an incredible amount of uh of not only being able to move to fish well and and casting skills i mean you got to be you got to be on it when you're down there so it's it's a great way to level up your your game for sure cool well that's exactly what i'm hoping it's going to be so we'll see fingers crossed well jordan thanks for joining us today really appreciate your insight and i look forward to seeing you out there on the water thanks Austin. all right guys thanks for sticking around to the very end here Remember, if you got some value out of today's uh, session, go ahead and give us a like on your local podcast app. Those go a long way for other people finding and using the information. appreciate you supporting us here. We do everything we do because of y'all. And uh, if you have any questions for me or for Jordan, go ahead and hit me up at email. And you can find us on the socials at elevate fly casting i am here for you guys so don't hesitate to reach out we read every single email that you send thanks